Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so today we are doing like another chapter two card reveal kind of overview. And like, we're trying to find the rhythm for this, I think, is that like we're trying to find how often do we do this? Do we fit in always to the news section? Or do we just make a whole episode on it? So we've got a little bit of a new take that we're doing, a little bit of a new concept for how to cover these new cards. Yeah, so full episode again. We haven't done a full episode on this since the release, but I feel like it makes the news on most episodes. That being said, talk. We I think we have enough cards now to like understand some of the dynamics on the way that set two is going to be played. So, and this is this is just we haven't mentioned. There's 32 new cards that we have not mentioned yet on the podcast. That, yeah, a lot. So we, we, we're kind of moving, we're trying to come up with a new concept for to cover all, all of them. Um, and that's what, what you guys will see in this, this episode. Yeah, so I, I think, again, you know, like understanding the dynamics between the inks and how some of this kind of the meta stuff is changing, but we'll definitely get into all that. So um, as always, if you aren't following our YouTube channel, please consider doing so at Illumineers Quest on YouTube. We also have some shorts and card openings, and we do have a lot more card openings coming with the Chapter 2 stuff, so be ready for that. And then at Pod on Twitter, you know, I have a lot of the stuff that we cover pretty briefly with a lot of the images and some of the, the takes on, on things along those lines. Um, you can also email us suggestions or any thoughts at lorconapod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you're not following our audio version on Spotify or Apple or iHeartRadio or any of the major podcast networks, you can do that as well. We've also a little new venture. Oh, we have gotten into TikTok. We are doing 60-second card breakdowns on TikTok. I forget our official name for them. What do we call them? 60-second card breakdowns. 60-second card breakdown? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're a little new venture yeah. that we're getting into. Not We're not masters by no means yet. We're getting into it. But uh, Yeah, the, I, the ed, I'm trying to learn how to edit and to do all this stuff, and it is hard, let me tell you. It is time-consuming. Zach is such the powerhouse of this podcast. You guys don't even know. He's, he is... I don't know about all that, but... Absolute powerhouse. I just so. can't edit is the problem. But anyways, we don't have any questions or comments this week. Um, I, ha- I had a few interactions on Twitter with a few people. Um, you know, a few thoughts on some of these cards. And so we're just going to dive deep into some of these cards. And so we'll cover a lot of the, the stuff that we've, we've talked about on there right now. But with that said, card of the week, Jake, take it away. Moana of Montanui. And that's the amber Moana. The Okay, yeah. yeah there's yeah, two yeah. ambers, remember? There's the... the two Moanas. The, yeah, there's two Moanas. There's the ruby version as well. Um... So Moana of Montanui is a five-cost, inkable, one-strength, six-willpower, and amber. Can quest for three. And then her ability is, we can fix it. Whenever this character quests, you may ready your other princess characters. They can't quest for the rest of this turn. I would say that the ability is why she is the card of the week for you this week. Is that is that tough to say? This is a hint to the main topic. And yes, <laughs> it is completely, completely fine to talk about. Um... But also something I'm learning is now all the the keywords is is very important to me to me now. We haven't um, talked about that much either, like Dreamborn or Princess or Ally. Pirate. Pirate. Queen. 
Are you talking about Princess, Prince, King, and Queen, Zach? Would you be talking about that? Wink, wink. Possibly. Um, yeah, so... That is that is key about this card for me, is the, the princess keyword and then the yep. princess keyword it brings up during the ability. I'll throw in my two cents on this one. I tried to make a princess deck early on. I tried to do it again relatively recently. I, I, I don't know. Like, they hyped up the princess stuff pretty early on, and I don't feel like it's very strong. Like, I mean, obviously... You get, you know, thousands and thousands of players out there with a lot of experience in TCG games, and they find really meta stuff that's incredible. But I haven't found, like, any success at all with the Princess decks. Like, there's no fighting. Like, you have no challenging. So it's it's a pretty aggro style, but it's not as good an aggro style as you get with Emerald. And so I just don't feel like there's a place. And so that's my experience. I know the stuff that you're talking about is definitely, like, getting us into the rest of this episode. Um, but yeah, that's my take on Moana. I love the card. I really want it to be meta because I do like it overall. I think it's a really cool ability and there are enough princesses for it to not be super niche. But yeah. In in my opinion, there are... This is not met, meta on its own, but I think at one point there are two cards that are coming in Chapter 2, which is what we're getting into in this, but that will make this... this card great and number one is the new cinderella yeah is because of that that princess um keyword keyword so not, um, not meta yet but very well could be and that's that's the main reason i want to bring this up because like I'm, I'm gonna mention a few chapter one cards in this this episode but i just wanted to bring this up because it's one that's been on my mind a lot um and i think it gets overlooked because it's a three three quester that has six willpower which is very awesome, and then it has a billion on top of it. You know, it's not vanilla. I th- I think that's worth noting too that you what you just said, like making sure we're we're very clear about that. That there are cards in Chapter One currently that aren't meta that we think very much could become meta because of Chapter Two cards that are releasing that we'll talk about today. Absolutely, and I mean, one strength isn't the best. May or may not be an upgrade coming down the pipeline to that. Um, but I I, I think five five. Ink, inkable, six willpower, three lore. That's really good stats to me. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And again, I think, you know, she might be getting a buff and it might be very meta, very, very meta coming up. So, I mean, we're not experts. We don't claim to be, but I see the potential. So maybe the maybe the potential fills out, maybe it doesn't. We'll find out soon enough. I'm excited to see where it goes, though. Yeah, so with that said, um, going on to the news... Feel like I feel like we've talked about this ten times already. But this is the most positive news we've got. On but this. this is actually very rock hard facts. So yes, that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Is the restocks slash reprints slash like release schedule for cards coming in the very near future? Which we have, and what I mean by that is we have official word. From the, from, Lor- from Ravensburger from Lorcana from Ravensburger on what's coming and so this if you again if you're not following us on on Twitter you missed this but if you are then congrats you probably saw this um, basically what they said is I'll just read this to you real quick it says Lorcana TCG fans we have some exciting updates um, the booster pack restock will begin to roll out at local game stores in North America starting next week so if you're in North America and you are listening to this episode, it's probably a good idea to go check your local game stores. So this is being recorded on October 27th. And so next week, starting the last week of October, beginning of November, 
that is when they're restocking. And so we will be checking our local game stores pretty consistently because Mm -hmm. we both need a few more cards and we want a few more stuff to open up. But that being said, there's a little bit more info as well. It says the reprint of the first chapter boosters and starters is moved up as well and will begin shipping in mid-November in North America. And we hope that the reprint um, quantity will make sure that the game is readily available for more. Our goal is for fans to have no difficult, no difficulty finding the product to get started. So if I could read, that would be a lot more clear. But basically what they're saying is, is they're releasing more next week and then even more mid-November. So there's the possibility that cards are coming out like every two weeks through the end of the year. Because we have restocks this week, we have restocks in two weeks, we have chapter two right after that, mm-hmm. we have more chapter two going into mass market two weeks after that we have reprints of chapter two coming in december like they initially announced a couple weeks ago before they moved up the chapter one reprint so like through the end of the year like cards should be readily available i mean i don't want to say like you can just walk into a store and buy them but they should continue to be stocked and made to where people can get them in play i mean i'm sure this is the same with you my hope is that it comes like to pokemon where Pokemon is at right now, where they're pretty maybe, close to that. Mom, maybe not to the extent of Pokemon, because Pokemon has dropped off in popularity, it, I'd say, quite a bit. blew up during, COVID. during the COVID time when, when I got back into it, and then it definitely has, like, died. Like, there's just always stuff on the shelf. Like, I, I don't see anybody ever buy any Pokemon anymore. But anyways, the point is, is yes, I want it to be readily available, too, where there's stuff on the shelf so new people can get involved and can buy cards and build the decks that they want. And we're, we're right. It feels like we're on the cusp of that actually happening. Where we want, I think, where we want this to be, so it keeps growing, is a you know, a kid be able to see it on the shelf and be like a Disney card game that looks cool. like fun. Yep. Not having to follow the scalpers and like see like you know, and check all their targets and check all their local game stores to search for them. We want them to be able to see this and get it and get it. Yeah, and so kind of along that same line, um, the last bit of news that they announced along with the card restocks is starting in quarter two, so like April, May, June of next year, there will be both official fan events and official competitive circuit events for Lorcana. Oh, man. So there will be a competitive circuit starting next year. I'm hoping that gives me another four or five months to like get ramped up to speed to like maybe go to a few, depending on like where they are, and if we can you know go do something fun. But yeah, so they need the cards to support the competitive and fun local environment. That and they're I think to they know that. Yeah. Um, and I there's actually a little big peak. I would say it was it was big to me, but they they did sort of directly mention scalpers and. Yeah, a little bit. In a couple comments, replies, they did talk about that too. So, and and them wanting it to be available and to be able to buy stuff at. They MSRP. said they were going to adjust to, to whatever, whatever happens, which is great. Yep. Um, yep. Pokemon did not do that for the longest time. They did not adjust for for such a long time. It was hard. It was hard for them to keep up for sure. I think they tried, but I think it was too little, too late. Which I th- again, I think a lot of that was impacted by COVID. But anyway, absolutely. Um, okay, so a lot of great news. If you have been listening and haven't been able to buy cards 
and you want to buy more, I would start checking with your local game stores and even some of the more mass market stuff because I think they will start to roll out soon, especially by the time you're listening to this episode. And yeah, we're in the same boat you are. Like I said, I still need Rapunzel's, I still need Elsa's, I still need Surfer Stitch, I still need Cusco's. There's plenty of stuff that I want to get some cards to buy and then right around the corner before we get into chapter two. So with that said, right around the corner before we get into chapter two, let's start talking Let's brief overview of all the inks first and kind of where we see a lot of this going and some of the themes that we're seeing. And then we can talk about some of the specific cards we want to talk about. Absolutely. So to kick it off, we'll just kind of go down the list here. Amber, to kick it off, there's a lot more continued card draw slash healing. I mean, I think that's what you would come to expect from Amber. But It's, it's continu- continuing to build on what's already important there. Um, which is great, and there's there's some meta meta lines meta cards that are going to build into what is already making Amber great. And there's and, and it's and it's a very singer focused as well, mm-hmm. obviously with uh, with the three singers in the deck, and it also is very song focused with you know uh, be our guest. Gosh, I can't talk with be our guest and with a couple of the other songs that you get with. I know a lot of the steel pairing, so it's not necessarily in Amber. But there's a, there's we'll get to that. I know that's one that you want to touch on. But there's more tools for like song and the way that you can interact with songs, and so that's cool. Um, but yeah, it, it feels very amber. So we, we're definitely getting all that flushed out. Um, we have the zero to hero song, which is also coming. We talked about that a while back, but um, it allows you to play or to sing the song, and then the number of characters you have in play allows you to pay that much ink less. For the next character you play that turn and so there's a little bit of that in amber already with like lantern you can kind of like ramp above mm-hmm. the amount of ink in your inkwell mm-hmm. that allows you to do that too so very much like you know kind of navigating that you have some bodyguards and some support we have a little bit more of that with the queen which i know we've touched on as well um so yeah that's getting into that one i think that's pretty straightforward uh, i'll let you touch on the amethyst one because i know that you're an amethyst fan and this one's pretty crazy so amethyst has almost completely kind of changed like not completely i think it's just more dynamic there's more things you can do with it and um they stuck to one movie to do this sword of stone <laughs> um because they don't want any other card to be an amethyst besides merlin and madame mim apparently um so to that point there there is a uh, We've talked Mer- about a few of these forms. Merlin Squirrel, Merlin Rabbit, Merlin Goat, uh, Merlin Shapeshifter, Merlin Crab. And yes, those are all real cards in Amethyst. And they all kind of form around the idea of returning cards to your hand and bringing, and bringing, bringing them back into your hand and taking them out of play. Yep. And I've always thought that this was an interesting dynamic in the game. And... There's a, there's a, like, when you bring a card back to your hand, you're also healing it completely. Yep. Which is a very underestimated and underrated part of that mechanic. Um, and I, I think it's going to be very important to what... So For it's sure. coming a little bit of a healing ink as well. Um, and then we have the Madame Mim cards, which are all about activating that bringing the cards back. Um, yep. With a yep. brand new legendary card, Madame Mim Purple Dragon, which is a... Crazy card that we'll get into during the the main main part of this when we cover some of our favorite cards, um, but that basically just activates all of the returning cards to your hand. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Absolutely insane. Everything written, revealed so far is very much around the mem, Merlin, bounce back and forth between your hand and the board style. So it's kind of crazy to see, like you said. Um, but it is it is building the thing that we talked about before that we love, which is the one movie. Yeah, team. that's true too. Uh, that's true too. Um, Mim is an amethyst. Merlin is an amethyst. Archimedes is an amethyst, and now Arthur is an amethyst. Yeah, got Arthur so as well. We may. I, I will probably build a, a deck around that at one. some point. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay, so emerald. I mean, this one's really straightforward, and I'll get into a few of the specifics on this one on my section because I wanted to talk about them. But it's really still very aggro focused. A ton of questing. And a lot of shenanigans along the way to, to disrupt your opponent's play as you're doing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we've got a couple more. We've got Prince John. We've got another song, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. We've got Daisy Duck. Um, so the, yeah, there's been a, quite a few that have been released in, in Emerald as well that I'm really pumped on. So yeah, that's pretty straightforward for Emerald. Moving on to Ruby. Ruby. This is... Not a ton there yet. I, there's not a ton. There's not a ton, so it's not fair to judge it yet. But from what I'm seeing so far, I'm not impressed. Um, and then maybe that's probably way too early to judge it. Yeah, it, ha- it has one of the le- less card Like, Amethyst has a ton of cards revealed. Mm-hmm. Emerald has a pretty good amount of cards revealed. Ruby only has eight. So there's just not very many Ruby cards that have been revealed yet either. Um, and even in the Legendary that it uh, announced here with Scar... Not super impressed with that either. Um, no, could be could be better. I think it's okay, but definitely I think be prepared. It, it will take that cake. So Scar, I don't think we've talked about this one. I'll touch on it real quick since we're talking about it. Seven cost, uninkable, so just like be prepared. Six strength, five willpower, like Maui. He has rush like Maui. His ability, however, is whenever you banish a character in a challenge, you can ready the character again so they can challenge into multiple characters on a single turn. But again, if you're seven cost uninkable and you're needing to challenge into multiple characters, chances are be prepared is going to take that spot anyways. So he also has two lore, um, yeah, he but really doesn't. You don't need it. That's it, the difference is that he does quest where be prepared. Obviously, you can't. But um, yeah, so not impressed with that. Also has a mediocre Floodborne and Mini Mouse that we've touched on before. Um, a disappointing Raya card. Just a lot of stuff that we're, I'm not super happy about. The, the, the best thing that I, the most thing that I'm happy about is the art from Minnie Mouse zipping around. That's that's what I got. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, I the totally agree. The art on Minnie Mouse zipping around is really great. Um, okay, so Sapphire. I think this one's pretty straightforward too. There's not a ton of releases on this. There's actually only six or seven, or seven with one really, really big exception. Um, but so far, there's, it's a lot of like, supporting everybody else on the board so cogsworth was one that we talked about that grants resist plus one to the rest of the cards on the board um and so that's cool we've talked about that one before the big one there's a cruella that was released recently that i think is is pretty cool it's definitely a pongo killer which is which is super sad it's unfortunate (laughs) because she's in a car yeah she's definitely a pongo killer so that's definitely unfortunate um and then there's I don't even, I think this is in German or French and so I don't know what the card name is in English but it's Grand Pobby maybe that's is that maybe that's the name I would assume that's the name of the card I don't, I'm not familiar with the character I so I mean it's the in in Frozen 
It is the the stone. Yeah, is that like, his wizard? Name? Yeah, I I forget. I, I don't know. Anyways, we'll have to check up on our frozen lore, but. He's a really cool one I want to talk about, so we'll get to that one specifically. But again, in general, I think Sapphire has some more tools. It's going okay, but I think there's still more to be seen on Sapphire too. I think the big, the big overarching. Well, you finish Steel, and then I'll talk about the big overarching theme that I see that I think is fun. So Steel, Steel is is very exciting to me. Um, it's got a lot of. It, it's still very much Steel. It's very Steel. That's that's what I was going to say. Is it's very Steel. It's very Steel. Um, so I'll, I'll touch on a, f- a few cards here, um, but two of them I'm going to mention during our kind of main, oh, like look through of very specific cards. Um, but Cinderella, I think is the main attraction for Steel as of, as of right now. Um, and I'm going to touch into why I love this card even more now, um, later on. Um, but you've got an amazing card like her that I think decks are going to be built around. Yeah. Um, and then cards... Then there's some cards that I think we're still going to maybe get some answers to down the line, like uh, Robin Hood, uh, Capable Fighter, um, Donald Duck, Deep Sea Diver here, which is a amazing art card that tells a little bit of a story here with the mini uh, diver card. Yep. Um, so I, I still love that. Um, Mouse Armor, uh, the Tiana Floodborne, little things like that, that we kind of build around. Um, and then these are the two cards that I'll focus on later in the episode, but Goofy and Lee Shang. Um, yep. which we'll get into later. Um, but overall, still very steel. Very, very steel. Um, and, and loving it so far. Still. Okay, so the big thing that I see is the way that I think the game is going to change the most is in today's game, you pretty much get lore from questing. Like, that's how you get lore, right? The one exception being Heroic Outlaw. I mean, I know that there are a few other cards that like make your opponent lose lore with Ursula or Aladdin Street Rat, but the main way to get lore... I know there's a Simba card that does it as well, um, but Heroic Outlaw is really the exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. There are now going to be ways to get lore from items. There's going to be get lore from playing characters, not questing with character, but playing said character. And the Mem Merlin, there's going to be a way for that same character to get lore when they're removed from play. Yes. So you play characters, you remove characters, items. There's also actions that remove damage which characters then can use as a trigger to get lore as well and so you can basically get lore in any way shape or form from Mm -hmm. the set so that's the biggest way is that you have to be really aware of all the different ways that people can get their lore because it's not just questing with that said it's the first one that you want to focus on do you want me to go right to it go first yeah grand Duke, that's your your backbone of your deck. And let let me just start out by saying this: I am not expecting this to be meta by any means. I am not expecting this to be the top deck. I just love this this concept. So basically, it is building a Royals deck, and I'll I'll go into the the card here, but it's a two cost inkable, uh, two willpower, two strength, one lore, and its ability. Is and let me get the exact wording here. So is yes, your Majesty, and is your Prince, Princess, King, and Queen characters get plus one strength. Now that might sound a little underwhelming on paper, and it <laughs> it is a little bit, but it it, it basically sent me down this rabbit hole 
of building a Royals deck. And, oh my gosh, I love it <laughs> so much. Um, With Duke being the, like, the the one that allows this to happen because he's going to stay on the board and give everyone plus one strength. Yes. Um, so I may or may not have built several preset decks without <laughs> most of the cards of chapter two um, based around this, but there's actually, it makes you realize that there's quite a few Prince King cards that you might not be thinking about. Like Beast is technically a King card. Yep. Um, Simba Protective Cub is a Prince card. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, I'll use as an example then. Um, Simba, Prideful, er, Protective Cub, he, he now becomes a bodyguard with three, three, three strength, three willpower. Yep. Two cost inkable. Uh, to me, that is a great bodyguard card. Um, then you have Prince Eric, which is now has, when, with Challenger Plus Two, now has four strength to challenge into cards with three willpower. Yeah. Um... So, I, I just see a lot of potential here with this card. Um, obviously, what I was talking about before, Moana is a princess, so that brings her up to strength with the six willpower. And then her ability also works with a little bit of royal royal cards with princesses, yep. which then works with Cinderella. Yeah. Um, you even have the, evil, the queen in here, the floodborne one from Amber. I love this deck <laughs> so much. It is going to be my, my project. For chapter two. So we'll definitely get more into this. You can, or I will, because I don't have mine fully fleshed out. And we'll talk about like the, the ins and outs of our decks for chapter two. And we get into the chapter two episode and everything's been released. But Jake's definitely going Amber Steel. Mm-hmm. Very unmeta Amber Steel from what we see today. I think my deck is going to be very much an Amber Emerald. Um, I was definitely an Emerald fanboy in the beginning. I got a little annoyed with it because as we talked about last episode... The aggro style is kind of boring. You just kind of play quest, play quest. And so I got kind of over it. But I think there's way more tools now to draw in in Emerald. And so that's kind of what I want to focus on to start with. And so I'm going to touch on a few of them at the same time here because it's like one main strategy that I'm going with. But it all revolves around the ability for Emerald to discard your opponent's cards when you're playing. This... And so it's the, becoming nuts. The engine behind that is Prince John. And so Prince John is a emerald card, three three cost, uninkable, one strength, two willpower, quests for two, has ward. So he's mainly just a stay on the board guy. And what his ability is, is whenever your opponent discards one or more cards, you may draw a card for each card they discard. So anytime you're able to force your opponent to discard cards, you get to draw off of that. So you disrupt them, you gain stuff from it. That just sounds really fun to like watch your opponent be very annoyed at you. This nonstop. is this is going to disintegrate your opponent. It's just going to suck could. the life out of it them. It very well could. And so along those same lines, so Prince John, again, allows you to discard cards for each or to draw cards off of your opponent's discards. We've also seen uh, Ka come in with the Hypnotize action, which is each opponent chooses and discards a card, draw a card. So with John on the board, the action allows you to draw two because you draw one off the action, you draw one off of your opponent discarding a card. 
So that gives that a little bit more life. I would just like to mention this real quick. We've been talking about with all these card reveals about, oh, this might make more sense down the line. We talked about like this, this, uh, the caw card. What was it called? Confuse? Hypnotize. Hypnotize. We were talking about like, you know, this would make more sense as a song maybe. No, it does not. (laughs) This this card completely makes sense now and adds so much more to the meta here in Emerald. Yep. And then... um, also, you play Prince John turn three. Turn four is Daisy Duck, which she is a four-cost inkable, two-strength, three-willpower card, so takes the place of like the Hans um, in the deck. But her ability says thwart. Whenever this character quests, each opponent chooses and discards a card. So you quest, they discard a card, you gain a card from Prince John, you're just you're really disrupting their flow and their ability to to get on the board with everything and so that's another one i wanted to touch on um and then you have the bell which we've talked about before the legendary that says whenever this character is challenged the challenging character discards all their cards so if you have prince john and you force them into bell and they have to discard all their cards so it's just i think it will be really really disruptive and then lastly to fill out like my focus on this one is you have You Have Forgotten Me, which we've touched on in previous episodes, which is just straight up your opponent chooses and discards two cards. So that's, again, For they, four dis- ink. they discard two cards. You get two cards. And then lastly, one that hasn't seen a lot of play thus far but definitely is in my deck now is Sudden Chill, which is a song. And it's a two-cost inkable and just says each opponent chooses and discards a card. So straight up, there's, again, there's just so many tools to make your opponent not have any cards in their hand and not be able to get going. And so like if you can buy turn three or four, get rid of your cards and your opponent's entire hand, they're gonna have to then choose between inking the card that they draw or playing the card that they draw. And if they if like say draw a card that costs seven ink and they don't want to ink it, but they can't play it and they leave it in their hand, guess what? Next turn it's getting discarded. Absolutely insane. And with your with your uh mention there of sudden chill this tells you that they're already in chapter one they were hinting oh for sure they were hinting towards chapter two and these are the little easter eggs we can pick up on um but emeralds as of now again things could absolutely change and probably will but emerald as of now looks absolutely unstoppable yeah so that covers two of mine that i wanted to cover on the the emerald side um that kind of fit into my deck i have another emerald one that i'm working with um, and I'll get to that one in a second, but yeah, take it away with your... Someone had mentioned the meme card of the reveal so far, which is Goofy. <laughs> um, when I when I saw this card, I, I first didn't... I thought maybe it was a fan art. Um, and we'll, we'll just get into it here. It's a 9-cost inkable uh, for lore. And I'm skipping past the, the strength and willpower because <laughs> they go into the double... Digits. You heard him right, folks. Double digits, strength, and willpower. Ten strength, ten willpower. I thought we were never going to cross the... I, I didn't think that the game made sense to have double digit stats. Um, we, we've already got there with Chapter 2. Yep. Uh, so absolutely opens the floodgates for what's possible in this game. Um, this card is... It's just... It's crazy. It's... It's more about what it means for the game as a whole than the card itself. Um, give give your take on it. It's not super strong. I mean, I love the card. I love the art. I love that it's goofy. I love everything about it. Being a nine cost 
and not having an ability behind it like Maleficent Monstrous Dragon, it could get played and taken off right away. And I know that's a really cop-out answer because you can't just assume... Like, you could say that with literally every card. Like, Mickey Brave Little Taylor is just going to get dragon-fired. And it does happen a lot. But it's still... It's really cool, to your point, to see that get put on the board and to have that threat out there. And so I don't love it. I don't think it will be super meta, but I do think it's a cool card, and I like to see it. I mean, it is the ultimate takes out anything on the board and will survive. Like, it's the ultimate version of that. Um, it yep. completely blows Maui out of the water. Um, it will it will basically take take the spot of Maui for one more cost. Yep. Um, insane card that I would not think we'd see anything like it for a long time. No. Um, absolutely crazy to see. Yeah, so the the next one I want to talk about is a different Emerald strategy, but it's still within Emerald. It's called the song Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. So a good, very um, iconic one there. But it's a three-cost uninkable song, kind of like Mother Knows Best in Emerald. But this one's really cool because it's a completely new way to like ramp up your board mm-hmm. fast. So basically what it says is return character of yours to your hand and play another character with the same cost or less for free. So basically what that allows you to do is it pairs extremely, extremely well with shift, which if you shift on something that costs five or six, which we're getting a lot of low cost shift this turn, or this this set, you know, we've talked about the queen and, and Amber, and you even mentioned her in your deck too. I think she's in this deck for me. She shifts for two, so turn two, you've got something that costs five on the board she already. She drops three ink, yep. And then you can sing this, next turn on turn three and get out Cusco on turn three. It's insane. It's a little insane. And, and now, then... Oh, keep going. No, and then... And, and you, but you could do that. You could say that with Stitch. You know, something that's a, a shift six or a big, a giant tink that's a shift six. You could shift those in and out or maybe you challenge with them or you quest with them and then you sing them in and out and you remove the damage and you get both cards back in your hand from the shift and that. And so it just allows you to like go up that ink like ladder to those really high costs in a really fast manner and get to cards that aren't shiftable in a really fast way too. So I, I, I just I think it's a really cool card and I'm definitely building a deck around this one as well. And when I so I had a little bit different perspective when I first saw this card. I saw this oh Emerald Amethyst. I like with the Merlin and the Madame Mim, I thought that this was yeah, you could do that still too. I think it's gonna work you could great do that with that. Too. Yeah. Um still a great activator for for those cards over there um so i I think this card is very versatile very versatile yeah yeah can work with any ink essentially okay i've only got one more so i'll let you go again so i wouldn't speaking of madame mim i'd like to full deep dive into the madame mim purple dragon card which if you will bring up the stats here a another legendary card so we've seen another legendary it's one of the amethyst legendaries it's a seven cost inkable uh, purple dragon, as Jake said, five co- or five strength, seven willpower, evasive, quests for four, so very much in the Mickey BLT range. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I don't like about it, we'll get your take after I say it. I think it's very disruptive. Is whenever you play this character, banish her or return another two chosen characters to your hand. So you have to take two characters off your board and put them back in your hands to play her, or she just automatically gets banished. So, mo- I think at face value, this is a negative. That ability specifically, that is a negative. But I believe it is 
if you mind bringing five it up. Five strength, to, or, seven willpower. No, bringing up Merlin Rabbit. Oh, Merlin Rabbit. Um, yep, we can do that. Merlin Rabbit. Well, I had it up, but yeah. I had to switch screens. We're looking for it. Yep. It is whenever you play this character and whenever he leaves play, you draw a card. Okay, what's the... That's not the one I'm thinking of You're then. thinking the lore one, aren't you? The... Crab or squirrel? I don't know. No, that's the shifting through crab is challenger. It's the last one we're it's looking at. It's the goat. It's whenever you play this character, whenever he leaves play, gain one lore. And that's where I see that ability now as a positive. So you're right, but you also have to do... Two, I mean, I guess if you have two goats in play, then sure. Like, take both the goats off, get two lore, and put him down. And, and I mean, in the other one we mentioned, Rabbit, where you draw a card. Yeah. You're still... You're filling your hand even more with that. I agree. I think there is some merit with the rest of the Merlin and Mims. I think the the problem becomes if, you're, if your opponent has three cards on the board and you've got two cards on the board, are you going to decimate your board to put on one character when, you know, maybe they have, you know, five lore or six lore on the board? They might be at 10 or 11 because it's late in the game if you're getting to a seven cost card. So I, I, I'm not saying it's unplayable. I just, I have to withhold my judgment until someone smarter than me built the deck around it. <laughs> I, I just think with the, with the goat, Merlin goat, where you can, you're gaining two lore and then you have four lore on the board with her to quest every turn and she's evasive so that's you're two, gaining two lore and that i think could get really scary really fast no i agree i think there's some merit to it for sure i just think that it's not busted i think that's fair so. that's fair okay and my last one that i want to touch on more we kind of already talked about a little bit is the the new sapphire card uh the grand poppy which his stat line is seven cost uninkable, which Jake and I also talked about this yesterday when we saw the card, is that there really aren't that many Sapphire uninkables, and so this doesn't like deter you that much from it. Three strength, six willpower, quests for three, so a powerhouse by that you know stat line alone. But his ability is whenever you remove at least one damage from a character, gain two lore, just straight up. And so... It, per, it pairs perfectly with Amber when you think about like Rapunzel healing or even like Hakuna Matata that that takes off three damage from every character. So if you are playing Giant Tink and you see this card, you should be scared out of your mind because if you have four cards on the board, you heal all four of them. That's eight lore from my understanding. It could be played differently, I think, but I'm pretty sure each character that gets healed is a trigger for that two lore. Not each individual damage that is being removed, but a character each that is character. being... So you remove three damage, it's two lore mm -hmm. from that three damage. But if you have three characters that get healed for two damage, it, I think that's six lore. I believe you're right. Yeah. So it's... And then the, the last piece of this puzzle is the Jasmine Floodborne from Chapter 1, which heals all characters for two on the board... I mean, you have her plus Jasmine plus like Rapunzel Does slash Hakuna Matata. Yes. See, I wow. I know we talked about that a few. I guess I. Yeah, all characters. So it, it's just it's incredible, like that you have so much, so much like power without questing and the ability to do so. Like that's a massive. Like if you see that, you have to take that out, especially if there's other damage on the board. 
So anyways, that that's my last one. I think that I talked, I, I said briefly, I think my deck of choice is going to be Amber Emerald, but I'm also secondarily building around this bad boy and going Amber Sapphire. In other words, depends on what we pull. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably so. That's fair to say. So that, that wraps me up. Um, so that's the last one I want to talk about. And then you've got one more to go. And So we'll go with Li Sheng here. Yep. Because I think we talked, I think, was that our last episode where we talk, or talked about our going back and looking and we touched on evasive. Yep, evasive. Um, evasive basically gets decimated now. Um, <laughs> it kind of does. So if you want to bring yeah, up the Yeah, so Li, Li Shang, his ability um, is the granting of evasive to all other characters on the board when he quests. So he's a five cost inkable. With three strength, six willpower, quests for two. So again, a pretty solid stat line alone. But his ability is shooting lesson. When this character quests, your characters gain evasive for the rest of this turn. So then you can go challenge into your pongos, go challenge into your goofies or your tiggers. And again, this is steel, so he's got Prince Eric. Yeah. And yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Um, this... <clears throat> Again, even like here's a, a answer for Brave Little Taylor. Yeah. A card that is very situational. To me it basically takes that completely out of the picture. Um in in, in most cases. Uh this is this is very steel. It gives you more tools to be really annoying to deal damage. Which is what steel is all is about. All about. Um, yeah, so I think that's a really good one too. I think that I you know, I think there will have to be decks like that you build around this with, but mm -hmm. I, I again, I think this. I don't think you'll see this in every deck, but I think it will be played pretty, pretty often. And what's the rarity? I believe it's uncommon. Uncommon. Yep. So you're gonna see this. I think more more than you might think. It's gonna be yep. pretty popular. Yeah. So I think that kind of that kind of covers a lot of the chapter two stuff. Again, if you haven't been fully up to date on all the chapter two releases, they keep the app relatively up to date. They don't do it like release a card and then it's in the app a lot of these get released through um like discord or other like creators release them or some of them even come from france and germany and so there's a lot of translations that are done um but definitely download the app if you don't have that to keep up to date and then again if you want to stay every you know up to date by the second then follow us on twitter because i am always on there seeing what's coming because they come so fast and furious now but yeah, again, I think the coolest part for me, and I already mentioned it, but I, as we close, I want to mention it again, is the ability to get lore in basically any way, shape, or form now. Like, quest, play, discard, items, like, you name it, you're going to be getting lore in really creative ways, and I think that's going to make the game very dynamic, and you don't just have to worry about the characters on the board, but you have to worry about the items, you have to worry about the cards in their hand that they could potentially have, and everything in between, and healing characters, and so, yeah, it's going to be really cool, and I think that... Like just that overarching, like strategy behind this is gonna completely change the way we play. Yep, and I would say my biggest takeaway is we're getting themed decks, which is the funnest, funnest thing to me. That and, is a big and, one. And I cannot, cannot wait for that. Yeah, it's gonna be great, great fun. We definitely talked about that on a previous episode, and our hopes for the future and the Merlin Mem definitely are starting us down that path. So. Yeah, and again, I, we we touched on this in the last episode as well, but we're you know really ramping up into the chapter two stuff right now. So you know if you want to follow us for any card openings or like pack battles we've talked about doing, 
Um, we're going to have a lot of that on our YouTube channel. You can follow us and see what we, we pull. Definitely be posting some of the polls on Twitter this time as well. So yeah, follow us on all the, on all the, the different things to stay up to date on what's coming and, and what we're playing and what we pulled and how everything's going and we'll keep you up to date. So as always, thanks for following. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you guys. Bye.